Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. Chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz'amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and inimitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. So, as I mentioned earlier, that you know, at the end of the surah, it will come. Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna. O mutma'in soul. O the content soul. And the Quran wants to teach you in this surah that soul only becomes content by two things. One is fikr, thinking about the rububiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second thing is dhikr, remembering that you are his slave, you have to obey him. And, and, and when you see really this in the universe, think properly, it makes your iman with the rububiyah of Allah Taala stronger and stronger. Like, you know, room says that you don't need to have any other evidence. Just keep thinking what things are. So he says, Aftab Ahmad, Dalile Aftab, Gar Dalilat Bayad, Azwe Rumatab. You know, the rising of the sun, it is the evidence. You don't need any new evidence. He said, if you want to have evidence, then keep thinking, keep understanding, don't need new evidence. The way the sun is rising, the way the moon is rising, the way the night comes, the way Allah made the you know, ten nights, the way he has made the odd numbers and the even numbers, keep thinking, thinking keep looking. You know, everything will actually tell you that how much Allah has got the full power, full control, and he has all the wisdom. So, you know, looking in the, in, in the Rububiya properly gives you belief in two things. What the two things are? Al-Hakim and Al-Hakim. You actually become a firm believer that Allah is the commander. He commands. Nobody can take the command from him. He is the only in charge of the whole universe. So he is the Hakim. Every single thing, good and bad, whatever happening in the universe, just because of his Hakim. You know, further in our life, you know, whatever we get, sometimes something good, Something bad, richness and poverty, problem, trouble, peace. Whatever happens, happens from his hakim. And then second thing is about when you think properly, it makes you to believe he is a hakim. Whatever he does, he does out of wisdom. When these two things become strong in your mind, then you become mutmain, content. So Allah is the hakim, he is the doer, he is the judge and hakim. Whatever he does, he does out of the wisdom. You never can find any fault in his creation or his command. Keep looking. You never can find a fault. To Hakim and Hakim. So this surah basically wants you to take you, to lead you, to get the, to achieve the content, this contentment. Yani an-nafsul mutma'inna. So after mentioning this thing, this qasam, you know what qasam actually is, take care to Mawla Farai rahmullah ta'ala, this whole qasam is to remind you that they, they have judgment. You know, Zamakshari said, you know, this qasam is for this purpose. La yu'adzabunna. 
that if Allah, every single thing in this universe, what Allah has mentioned, they remind you that if people don't behave properly, if you don't think Allah is their rub and they don't obey him, then they must punish. Punishment will come to them. And then after that, Allah has used the argument and evidence from the history of the mankind. And this is actually very common in the Quran. Sometimes Quran uses the evidence of the nature, what you see. And sometimes the Quran uses the evidence from the history of the mankind. In this surah, both have been put together. So first Quran reminds you the evidence which you can see around the night, the moon, you know, and the, you know, these numbers, they can tell you. Then after the Quran is going to bring the evidence from the history of the mankind. The history of Ad and Thamud and Firaun, the you know, mighty people, strong people. And all actually to make the Quraysh uh, leaders of Arab to realize that you know, they are not the only people who got the power in, in the history of the mankind. There have been people who have much, much more power than them. Like people of Adr and they know it is their history. So the Makshari is saying that after this, the sentence is to be understood. Then the Quran says, If you have a sense, understanding, thinking, look properly that this universe is not run by you. Even Pharaoh knows. When Pharaoh said that I am, you know, I am the Lord of the people. And when Pharaoh said, I am the Lord of the you know, highest Lord of your Lord. You know, when he said that, like when Musa came to Pharaoh and Musa talked to Pharaoh about Allah, Allah is the Lord. So Pharaoh said, no, I am the Lord. Because you live in Egypt and Egypt is built by me. You know, you, you, you walk on the streets of Egypt and the roads are, have been made by me. You live in the houses and houses have been built by me. All the things that you look, look, they are built by me. And same you can see like, you know, Ad and Thamud, these people, you know, they used to think that everything done by us. Allah wants to say to them, look beyond that. Don't look, in, don't, don't, don't make your eye so narrow. Look beyond that. So that Allah wants the people to use, use their, their mind properly. So now the reference is coming from the history of the mankind. Think properly, understand properly. And then the Quran says, Alam tara. Did you see that how your Lord, your Rabb, had dealt with Ad? So when the Quran said you, you know, sometimes the Quran say you, singular, and means the Prophet And sometimes the Quran used the word you, and means everybody who reads the Quran, everybody to whom the message is coming. So in these things, it's not only the Prophet meaning everybody who listens to these verses, Quran asking them, think properly. Don't you read the history? Didn't you know? And I know our Arab people, they have been in full knowledge of Ad. They know the what was the history of Ad and how they have been destroyed. And in their poetry, in their history, the people of Ad are mentioned you know, properly. Where Ad have been, you know, there are actually more. I'm not going to, you know, to make a research of the you know, archaeology and, you know, and bring that history. Now there is so much work being done in Saudi Arabia and many. But one thing we know, there was a mighty power in, 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 in this world and the rule was very, very you know, strong and the rule basically you know, are the most uh, you know, known, known world. So they could, their, their capital, their, their center must have been somewhere, maybe in Yemen or somewhere like that. But all Syria, Iraq, Egypt and whatever now, you know, Arabia, all that was under their control. So they were the masters of the world. All the business and trade was in their hand. And they have palaces, they have houses, they have big army. 
and the very, very tall people, strong people, mighty people. So they are minority, uh, people of Ahad, there is a small number of the people, one tribe, but you know, the rule all over the world basically, the most, pa most part of the world, they have been under the rule. And you know, for a long, long time, so all civilization was controlled by them, trade was controlled by them, you know, and the, you know, and the good builders, big, big palaces, big, big houses, you know, and things were run by them. So they were most civilized people on, uh, in their time. But when they disobeyed, one of the prophet messenger came to the Hud alayhi salam, I've been telling them all those things, and I, some of those verses, I, I, I will, inshallah, I quote again, because they have been mentioned through the Hud and many parts of, of the Quran. You know, they did not listen. Then, you know, their might, might their power, their richness, their, you know, their, you know, their, their strength, nothing could help them. And, you know, people have been disturbed, you know, you know, completely. And then after that, next nation came in, 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 in the same part of the world, Thamud. And they, again, actually, very powerful people, mighty people, and they used to make the house in the mountains. They used to basically not only mine rocks, so they used to, you know, big rocks or big mountains, they used to, you know, cut them in a way you can make rooms and houses from the rock mountains. You know, not, you know, to bricks and, you know, building the houses. From the mountains, from the rocks, from the hills, they used to make the houses. You know, very mighty people, and they live far long. And they used to think if you have these houses, strong houses, who can destroy us? But they also have been destroyed because part of the history. And the Pharaoh comes, you know, another, you know, and his, his family has been ruling Egypt for a long time. So much power and money and, you know, and the ruling of most part of the world, again, the business and trade in their hand. And they become unjust and oppressing the people of Israel. And then they have been destroyed. The Quran said, look to, the Quran said to Quraysh, look, these people are Ad and Thamud and Pharaoh. When we gave them favor, they thought they deserved that. And they became proud and arrogant. And they forgot us. Then we destroyed them. Now you have got the power. You have got the money. If, if you think that you deserve that, and you don't thank us, then it will happen to you same what happened with those people. So this is a reminder for Pilo Quresh. And it's a reminder for everybody in the, in, in the history of the mankind, really. Anybody who gets the power, same reminder. That your power is not because you deserve that. Your wealth is not because you deserve that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made, given you richness because he wants to test you in a certain way. He has given you power because he wants to test you in a certain way. So now the Quran is saying, Alam tara kaifa fa'ala rabbuka bi'ad. Didn't you see, didn't you, or didn't you hear, you know, see, hear, because the Quran was just want to refer to that history. That kaifa fa'ala. How, how your Lord dealt with Aad. So, like the Quran has said in Surah Al-Fil, Alam tara kaifa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashab al-fil. Didn't you know? Didn't you hear? Didn't you see? So, seeing in Arabic language does not come necessarily with the eye. Seeing also comes in Arabic language with mind. So, sometimes you see with your eyes, sometimes you see with the mind. That means knowledge. Didn't you know? Didn't you hear? Didn't, this history did not come to your mind. So no doubt that this history has been one of the important, you know, part of the, uh, uh, of the uh, 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 Arabic literature in their poetry. Aad. Irama dhatil imad. You know, the way the Quran is, what we can say is that Aad has come and then Iram has come. And that we say in Arabic language when, you know, something comes like Aad in Irama. Like for example, if I said to you uh, about Umar the Allah 
قال قال ابو حفص عمر ابو حفص عمر ان هو ابو حفص عمر اذا ابو حفص عمر 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 سے نام عمر اند ابو حفص از کنیا you know he started by his 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 daughter so when you say abu hafs he is umar when you say umar he is abu hafs and sometimes you can bring both of them in the same sentence you say qala abu hafs umar why people do this to make more explanation both are the same thing abu hafs and umar they are both same thing so similarly when the quran says you know alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'adin and then quran says irama to iram and ad both are the same thing The only thing Quran wants to make clear is to explain it more. Why? Because Aad are not in Arabic language. Aad al-Ula and Aad al-Thaniya. The first Aad and the second Aad. Arab people sometimes they refer to the history, you know, to, to these people as Aad al-Ula or Aad al-Thaniya. The first Aad and the second Aad. Who are the second Aad? Thamud. So to make the first Aad normally no clear, Quran use another word which makes very clear here mentioning is the first ad they are iram because you know the genealogy of ad according to the arabic sources is like that ad ibn iram ad ibn iram ibn awas ibn sam ibn nuh so ad is son of iram and iram is son of awas awas is son of sam and sam is son of nuh So Nuh al-Islam has got three sons, sons Sam, Yafith, and Ham. All the people of the Middle East, they are descendants of Sam, son of Nuh. So they are Semite people. Like you can say, now Jews, they say they, say they are Semite people, but they are not only Semite people. Actually, most people in the Middle East, they are you know, Semite. They are descendants of Sam, like Arabs themselves. They are descendants of, of Sam. So these Arab people, They are coming from the family of Sam. Sam, son of Nuh. They are Semite people. So the father of Ad is called Aram. So Ad ibn Aram. So the one of the actually name for them has been uh, you know, Ad of Aram. So to, to make it very clear. Some people think you know, Aram, that how they were known in the past. And you know, as people of Aram. And that way you can see the language of you know, Aramaic language comes in the Middle East. To Aramaic language. Coming actually from these people. So their language was Aramaic language. They used to Adum no Aram. And they really were highly, highly civilized people. And they made, you know, per, you know, like paradise actually on the face of the earth. So strong people. And their story also is one of the king of Ad was, his name was Shaddad. Two brothers were Shadid and Shaddad. And Shaddad became the king. And he was so powerful. He even actually wanted to build a paradise on the face of the earth. Big paradise. And when the paradise was made for him, and he uh, you know, was, uh, came to see it, before entering to see his paradise, he di- Allah SWT made him to die. And that story, I don't know, you know how authentic, but the story is that Allah SWT asked the angel of death, is there any time you know, when you're taking the soul of the people, you felt any pity and mercy upon the person who is taking the soul? So the angel of the death said, you are two people. There was one, a child, an orphan baby, just born, and I was in the boat you know, with his mother. And then you asked me to take the soul of the mother and all the people there, except the baby. So I felt really that how the baby is going to survive. You know, the mother is gone. And second thing is, when Shaddad built you know, the paradise, and you asked me to take his soul before he could see his paradise. 
Tawa think if he, at least he could have seen and then died. So Allah SWT said to him, do you know who was that orphan, that baby? Same Shaddad. You were thinking that how he's going to survive and you see how much we gave him. He was born a baby. Mother died in the sea, in the water. Nobody take care of him. But still we look after him until we made him the king of the world. So much power. And how he became ungrateful? The same person. So Shaddad one of the, and actually he made a big paradise and some people think the paradise was named Aram. And that in Persian language, you know, Aram means paradise. It can be bad, you know, the people actually know that they made even paradise on the face of the earth because they're so mighty people. And, you know, bigger buildings, you know, really amazing. You know, now really, we are so arrogant, really. Can we think that, you know, human civilization has, you know, grown so much and we are, you know, the highest civilization on the face of the earth? We don't know really. And especially if you see the buildings of the past people, how they have been made, making, you can see, the, you know, the certain things, no doubt, they are much more, more knowledge. And if people, any time, the people can do proper research of the ancient civilization of Iraq, you know, Middle East, certainly people can discover actually many, many things which is still not known to the people. But we are so arrogant that we think you know, we are the end of the process of evolution. You know, if people have been evolving, well, now we are end of, we actually are the best people, and especially European people, you know, don't doubt, they are the end of the all process. We don't know, it is arrogance, it is just pride, it is just how we think. You know, these people, how much power they have been given, you cannot imagine. So, you know, they become, you know, so much arrogant and proud anyway. So, inshallah, I'll explain a little bit more after that about Aad and Aram. And actually, these people have been doing research about, about what Aram is, and so much amazing thing. And then some Thamud and, and Firaun. And then other things, inshallah. But if you have any question, please ask. Okay, we'll take questions, inshallah. Um, what we can do is, uh, yeah, brothers and sisters have questions, just put your hands up. I will come with the mic, and then you can ask the question, inshallah. Brothers and sisters, no questions? Also, people who are online, you can write the questions. Uh, Below the video where it says questions, it's actually now below the, below the flip chart as well. You can write your questions there. And if you don't have any questions, I have a question. Question. Um, Sheikh, you mentioned that uh, the questions that Ibrahim asked and the questions that Musa mm-hmm. asked. Now, uh, currently, in the present context, and also ask questions, and one of the questions they ask is, you know, the purpose of the Sharia, Makas of the Sharia. So, how does, is that something to do with Rububiyya or is it <coughs> totally different? You know, that's the thing, you know, that I mentioned earlier, that people need to think about Rububiyya. But when it comes to Uluhiyya, then people just need to obey and listen. Same Ibrahim who asked Allah Taala, how do you make dead alive? Same Ibrahim who think about the star and the moon and the sun. And same Ibrahim who does such a big, uh, you know, uh, 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 research you can say about idols, that idols don't eat and drink, all those things he keep thinking. But same Ibrahim, when he sees in dream, he is slaughtering his son, then never question, no thinking, nothing, just moving, just obeying, obedience. So fikr comes about Rububiyya and fikr comes, remembrance comes about Uluhiyya. This thing Allah has given us Sharia, that is actually part of the Uluhiya Ibadah. You know, people must follow Allah's, obey Allah's command as much as possible. The only question you can do about Sharia is, 
where you don't understand how to implement it and how to apply it and how to extend it. Because you know the the you know Quran and Sunnah where they guide you, you know they don't make every human case so clear. So whenever any new case comes, any new problems come for you, to to find out actually what will be the ruling of the Quran and Sunnah for you, not everybody can understand. So then you have to refer to, you know to a scholar to a alim and ask him and he'll explain to you. So people in the matter of the luhiya, the only question they can have actually is to understand how to worship their Lord. how to extend the ruling to the new cases then they can understand but you have no right really to ask the wisdom behind this thing to you know to, to you know this maybe some people can know something but that actually is not relevant you don't need people to understand actually because it, it main thing that you need to know is test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so people really don't know don't need to understand the wisdom of the commands of the ubudiyah what they need actually is to receive the command and to follow that So that's why Quran keeps saying about about zikr. Quran never asks you about this matter to think and understand. Quran always actually asks about rububiya to think and understand all the time thinking. But when ibadah comes, Quran always asks people to obey and to think. In our time, actually, what actually happening is people have been questioning the wisdom of the Sharia and all those things, and people want actually to make their own wisdom, and and they're so much certain about that thing that now they become like a lawmaker. people are not humble people don't think really that you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us of something it could be that we know some wisdom and we don't know many it is impossible for us really to become you know in full command of the law of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is impossible and one thing we know certainly he want to test you sometimes there no obvious reason for example quran said when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mukarrama in you know he used to pray in the direction of the kaaba and baitul maqdis both when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to madina munawwara it was impossible for him to pray in the direction of the kaaba so he used to pray in the direction of baitul maqdis you know for 16 months he has been praying in the direction of baitul maqdis and his back used to be uh, on the kaaba though he wanted to turn to uh, to to kaaba but he has been waiting for the command of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then after 6 months 16 months the command came that now you can turn your face in the in the prayer towards the kaaba then the quran is saying that why for 16 months we kept a muslim praying in the direction of the abatul maqdis why we kept this did we wanted to destroy the religion quran said no we only did this we want to test people who follow the messenger and who does not follow the messenger the whole purpose was to test the people that you know if people test if follow otherwise what 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 wisdom quran say wa ma ja'alna wa ja'alna alqiblata allati kunta alayha illa lana'lama man yattabi'ur rasula mimman yanqalibu ala qibay The reason we kept that qibla was to test people who follow the messenger and who does not follow the messenger. So sometimes just testing, lenabluwakum to test you. So you know there's no harm to try to understand this properly. But people basically have no obligation from their Lord to think about these matters. When he commands, just do it. You know, and that is when you do without thinking, it increases your iman. And the rububiya when you think, it increases your iman. In the ibadah. you do because your lord commands it makes your iman stronger but when you do because your scientist has said that if you use you know tooth stick miswak then it is so good for your teeth and this and that you know this research is not going to increase your iman you know if somebody said that you know if you eat with the with the hand it really is so helpful for your digestion and if you use the spoon it is not so good and now you start eating with the hand you know like people say like you know sunnah the prophet said tahnik tahnik is when child is born so you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to 
take, you know, any sweet thing like a date or something like that, and, you know, and chew with his teeth, and then put part of that on the tongue of, uh, of the child, and you can Now people have made research that this really is very helpful for the child, says from, from so many illness. If you do things after those research, it is not going to increase your iman. In the matter of the uluhi and ibadah, iman is increased when you do because your Lord commands you. And in the matter of the rububiya, your iman is increased when you think and understand the wisdom why Allah has done something like that. And then it make, you make it nearer. Then you can count it. Understand it. If you need to increase your iman. That record says Ibrahim al Islam only asked about the rububiya. He did not question about the ibadah. He did not ask Allah SWT, Oh my Lord, you have given me a child after such a long time when I become 90 year old and you ask me now to slaughter him. What is the wisdom behind that? If Allah tells you wisdom, is it going to be Iman? There's no Iman. You do because He commands you, then it is Iman. If you do because you think it is actually rational, you know, then it, it, it is not Iman. Iman comes if even you don't understand because you believe in Allah's wisdom. Allah is wise. And the command for the people is to keep increasing Iman, you know, as much as possible until you get the Ismeenan. So let me repeat again actually that all the question and understanding and thinking is for the fikr and for ububiya and for the uluhiya ibadah you need to do things because like you can see in battle of badr you know how the command came just go go and battle of uhud you know this thing is not, not easy allah commanded and they did and that's why the quran said that these people are those people qalu sami'na wa ata'na when they hear any command of allah they say we listen and we obey that's how they say and when they do this then allah said la yukallifu allah nafsan Allah never commands the people of something which is beyond their capacity. Always something which can they easily can do. Is it clear? Can you briefly explain what you mean by and You know, I mean actually that Allah's relation to the people, like a father's relation to his son, so that you know, father you know, takes care of you. So Allah's relation to the people, Allah created you, Allah created the universe for you, He looks after you, He sustains you on all those things. That rububiya, by like a father does, but at the same time, father also commands you to something. That oh my son, do this. Oh my son, do this. That actually you have to obey him. To Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the Rabb, He has done everything for us, but He also commands us that do this, don't do this. That uluhiya. So when He has done all the favor, it becomes obligatory upon us to obey Him. So that is the part of the uluhiya. You know, seeing your beloved is enjoyment. It is basically a reward for you. And in this world, people should not ask for the reward. Seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like, like if you love someone, so you know, basically, if you do what, what your, your beloved asks you, to so that obedience. But if you want to get your beloved yourself, that basically your reward, your desire, your enjoyment, you know, to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one of the biggest reward for the believers in the day of judgment. No doubt, really. There's nothing like that. There, you know, in this world, when you see a rose, you enjoy that. If a pretty face, you love that. 
Allah is the creator of the, all the beauty. You know, seeing him, how much enjoyable bring. You don't need this reward in this world. This reward is not for the, for, for the reward. In this world, you need to get action properly, iman and amal. And iman is always ghaib. Musa al-Islam, Musa and everybody else, they should ask things which can help their iman and amal. But to ask things which belong to the reward, that's not how the Prophet and Messenger do. Musa al-Islam did this thing, to Allah wanted to teach through him that we have to understand our limit. That, you know, don't, don't follow Musa al-Islam in this matter, but follow Ibrahim al-Islam. You have full right to ask Allah, oh Allah, reveal to me your rububiya more and more. And he will do it. Ask him, make dua. But don't ask Allah, oh Allah, show me yourself. If you ask this dua, sometimes if you are ignorant, that can be forgiven. But if you do deliberately, it can be sin. To understand this properly, your duty is to increase iman. Your duty is not to see him. And iman only can increase if you look about his attributes, his rububiya. Then iman can be increased, thinking properly. That why the way that why you can say Allah even defending Ibrahim Islam. That one could think Ibrahim is not a believer. So Allah wants to defend him. He asked him, tu min, aren't you a believer? Qala bala. So you can say Allah, Allah wants to defend Ibrahim Islam. Ibrahim's question is not like Musa's question. It's a different question. But Musa Islam's question, that question basically is not appropriate for the human being. But anyway, even the Prophet Messenger, sometimes they do mistakes, and that mistake is to teach people. Mistakes are not a mistake by itself. To teach people that way, you know, Musa Islam says, Qala Rabbi Ari, Qala Lan Tarani. Allah said, Lan Tarani, you can't see me. It's impossible. But when Ibrahim Islam asked, he did not say that you can't see this thing. He never said like that. And actually, he made it to happen. To happen. For Musa Islam, he said, Lan Tarani, you can't see me. So it is impossible. Yeah. Is it clear? You know, you cannot imagine really that when you do obey your Lord without understanding how much enjoyment you get really. When you do because Allah commands me that I don't understand, your iman increases. But when you need, need to know full explanation, understanding and then do, it's not the same thing. Not knowing, still doing hardship, every hardship to obey your Lord, it really makes you nearer to Him. You know, then really He sent content in your heart. Because you do, you follow His command. But when you understand full rational, you basically are not listening to him. You are listening to your, your rational, your wisdom, your understanding. You are not obeying. And then when you, when you, when you don't understand, you become lazy. You know, I, I understood your question properly. You know, the thing to understand actually is, you know, when, when a suffering, when individual has suffering, it comes, you know, for a continuous, you know, disobedience in their life. For a long time, then suffering comes. When a nation or empire, you know, they, they decline, it is a result of a continuous, actually, disobedience and just wrongdoing. In, in, in. Mughal Empire after Aurangzeb, rahmanullah ta'ala, declined. Injustice, wrongdoing, corruption, problems, so much, you know, like weak people. And, you know, even Bahadur Shah Zafar, you know, maybe he was a little bit better than many, many other kings. But, you know, his life, you look, you know, nothing, there, you know, no action. 
he basically helpless person do nothing he's rooted basically just, just within the fort even in the fort he, he's a helpless person you know do, doing nothing and you know just all the time you know the whole basically you know his his court is what just poetic evening all the time you know poets are coming and singing and you know all the music and dance are happening so there are certain aspects of life where he is much more religious but he's not really as expected but anyway the fault that decline has been because you know, for a long time more than 100 years suffering has to come Bahadur Shah Zafar could not stop it because he is too weak to stop anything and, and then he has to see consequences you know, he should not accept to be ruler of a, an empire where he does not have any power Bahadur Shah Zafar basically had no power even actually in his own you know, uh, 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 you know, red fort he was paid by, by British even he did not have actually income to support his own people nothing was there the people like that you know, they have to have humiliation so they are not ruler he did not rule anything no, no rule was there and for a king, it's not enough that in a personal life you are pious. For a king, what needed actually is that you prove to be king. You, you know, manage that thing. You, you know, rule properly. He's not ruling properly. And that's why Umar Khattar, whenever he appointed governors, he did not choose people who are very pious people. He chose the people who could run the country, who can run the matter properly. Even they are less pious. Because you need people who are strong, who can manage the thing properly, who can, can, can bring justice. Not the only pious people. Yeah, that actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also does for weak people. What, what weak people he does, when the weak people, they obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he gives them sometimes enjoyment, content. Sometimes they can do, see the fruit of their obedience. So it actually makes them to become firm uh, on the path. But that is still a sign of the weakness. The people who are strong in the iman, you know, they don't need these things. Their iman actually with all those things, nothing, their iman keeps increasing in the hardship in all those problems, that Allah SWT, that you can see, you know, miracles or karamat, that always happen in the time of the weakness. When the people are strong, they don't have karama. Like the companions of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Abu Hanifa, Malik and Shafi, how many karamat do you know about them? But in later centuries, if you read the biographies of the many, many Sufis and past people, so many karamat happen because weak people, like children, you know, if you ask your child, that you know read one juice today so i'll give you one pound this thing you want to encourage him but when the child is you know he grows up understands it properly then he does not need one pound or two pounds then he understands himself then he moves so real people when they know what iman means they don't need a karama or miracle or support or fruits of their action they know that iman itself is the biggest proof they only want proof fruit in the hereafter like imam bukhari rahmatullah ta'ala he said when i was young uh, whenever I made any dua, my dua was accepted. Whenever I made dua, it accepted. Then I became frightened that it seems to me that all my rewards are going to be given me in this world. Then I stopped because strong believers, they want the reward in the hereafter. In this world, they think it is actually only actions. If they got something here, it actually upsets them like the companions. When the conquest happened, they became frightened that it seems that we are going to get our rewards in this world. They don't want this. So they become more and more worried. But people who are weak, they need something like that. So basically, when people are declining in weakness, they're like children. So for children, you need to give some prize, some reward, something like that, keep them moving. 
But when your iman becomes stronger, then no, you must remain firm even if there's no reward for, for, for you. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.